Welcome to the Association 4.0 podcast, your association's no-fluff playbook to navigating and thriving in Industry 4.0 or the digital marketplace. Each week, we bring expert insights to help you and your association stay ahead of the curve. Hello, my name is Sherry Budziak, and I'm the host of this week's podcast. I am here today with Terry Cardin. She is the president of the Review Society and the founder of 100 Reviews. I'm so excited to have you here, Terry, to talk to us today about leadership during the pandemic, non-dues revenue, um, things that are, are you're seeing that's going on today. Um, so thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely. My pleasure to be here with you today, Sherry. Thanks. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself and your company. So I am an association exec by nature. I was an association professional. I sat on that side of the desk for many, many years and implemented new technologies as the marketing and technology director at both a a professional society and at at a trade association. Um, But I started dipping my toe in entrepreneurship um, and innovative ideas when I started Review My AMS back oh gosh, like more than eight years ago. And since then, I have started a new software solution called 100 Reviews. And 100 Reviews allows any association to spin up their own review site. So think Yelp or TripAdvisor, but just for your members and the things that they're buying at work. And through spinning up 100 Reviews and working with uh, the awesome flagship clients of 100 Reviews, we quickly realized that non-dues revenue was a huge opportunity with 100 reviews. And so uh, I found myself uh, deep diving into all the non-dues revenue conversation over the last two or three years. And I spun up a, an event, an industry event called Non-Dues of Palooza, where it's all around uh, product and solution providers and association executives that want to learn more about new ideas and how to implement and take uh, new non-dues revenue ideas to market. So I'm kind of all over the place, Sherry. <laughs> Identity well, crisis is what, that, what I call it. <laughs> well, that's great because everybody's looking for new ideas for non-dues revenue, that's for sure. Um, so talk to me a little bit about what has the pandemic experience kind of changed your thoughts about the association industry? Oh gosh. I mean, I was thinking about this, this question and this part of the conversation and I started writing down, okay, what departments have been affected? Okay. Events department. Okay. Uh, leadership. Oh, okay. Uh, IT. Oh, okay. I mean, and marketing communication. Mm -hmm. I mean, the list literally goes on and on advocacy, um, online education and learning. I mean, it is just every single department in the association world has been flipped on its head. And it's spreads from everything from us going to, you know, the remote workforce and all of the evolution of what's been involved there, all the way down to how we can still continue to serve our members in a meaningful way and propel our missions forward um, differently than we ever have before. Yeah, I think to your point, we were, um, I was at a conference this week and everyone was talking about, it was kind of like everybody really had to kind of rethink the way they were doing 
business. And that has just created a lot of stress. And then in a new environment. So at first everyone was like, okay, this is great. We can work from home. And then now it's like, well, well, this is never ending. And all of those things have created this, you know, this sense of, I don't know, kind of this, some stress. Um, but also there's been an opportunity for, you know, new ideas and new opportunities. Like, so kind of give us your thought on what are those opportunities? Yeah, I think associations are now in just an absolutely prime position to embrace change. I think what, I mean, you guys have talked about it probably at nauseum over the last, I don't know, 10, 12 years or so. Um, I, I've seen it kind of like the conversation of change, like kind of as a broken record. Um, and there's always somebody's adversity to change, right? People don't generally like change just in general, but there are some change agents that are usually kind of drizzled or dripped or dropped in our organizations to kind of continue to like keep things fresh, right? But what happened was everybody had to embrace change. And so it really, I think, intensified some of that anxiety that you were just talking about um across the board but i think what it also did was it put everybody in the same playing position like we all have to do this together and all of us are going to rise together if we can actually make it through this thing right and so i think um clearly like in the event side of 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 the world <laughs> we've seen uh complete evolutions of you know, what now is like question marks of the virtual um, slash hybrid environments for events and how can we generate revenue there? How can we continue to engage um, and involve our, our, our members there or constituents, even if they're not members? Um, how do we keep the sponsors and, and, and people who are helping us with our bottom lines for these events, how can we keep them involved? And we're having to like completely rethink how we're um, how we're doing our work and how we're remaining, you know, meaningful. Um, I mean, that's just one department, right? Um, another thing, kind of, I see, I've I've been seeing um, from like a thirty thousand foot view is there are some industries who are seeing some nonprofit consolidation. So those associations that didn't have reserves saved up, uh, the associations that weren't prepared for this kind of monumental effect um, are, are looking for help. And they're looking for help with sister companies. And those sister companies are going, yeah, sure, I'll come in and I'll help you, you know, run your very expensive virtual event. Your members can come. But next thing you know, we've got entire industries, I know, some in banking, some in um, CPA world. Um, there are several different industries that these smaller societies are, are, um, are coming together, but they're also being consolidated. And so what, what that asked me is like, where are the opportunities there? And what's the effect that that's gonna, what's the ripple effect that's gonna happen with consolidation there? Um, and I think it's something that's been overdue for a really long time. I think some people are reinventing the wheel um, unnecessarily. And we can take one organization and have several special special interest groups under one umbrella, rather than having 15 different associations trying to do the same thing. Um, I think 
even bigger than that. As you can see, like I started kind of super granularly with the events thing and then think a little bit bigger. I think our impact for global, like to, to, to like affect on a global level is better than it's ever been. I mean, we do, we no longer have to stick to the borders of location. And I think right. that's a really remarkable thing because associations are doing some kick-ass, really amazing work for the world and for professions and for people who are ultimately the backbone of our societies, not just where we are here in the US, but internationally. And I think we're seeing an evolution of breaking borders. And it's really awesome to know that that opportunity is, is ahead of us. Yeah, we, you know, Terry, to that now that this isn't, wasn't globally, but we had customers that were in a position that they were already going to this remote environment in order to um, hire the best talent that mm -hmm. they could, right? So mm -hmm. they were hiring talent already all over the country. So when the pandemic hit, it was no change for them, but you've seen companies and associations that have embraced that because they realize, okay, we can do this. And then others that are just waiting to get back to the office, right? Like, so, um, so I do think, you know, there's op opportunities that, that we saw that organizations embraced but what I'm hoping is that they don't go back to, okay, well, we did this before and that's still going to work, right? I think it's, it's really, really thinking about, you know, how we, as you said, kind of embrace change, keep being agile, look for those opportunities. Um, but as you mentioned, you know, there's a lot of challenges for people that, you know, thinking that way. And, and um, I guess, can give me your thoughts on what what you feel, feel the challenges of, you know, getting there and, you know. I mean, Sherry, from your mouth to God's ears, I mean, that we don't go back to doing things the, the way that, uh, that we have done them before. Um, I think the, the challenges are, you know, I think just like a general statement here about the workforce is that good work is becoming harder and harder to find. Yeah, and, sure. you know, the human capital, if you will, our human resources is dwindling. And so we're up against that all by itself. Now, what does that look like in the face of a new hire, like you just mentioned? You know, we, and, and mash that up with our opportunity to be able to break beyond, you know, the walls of our offices and break even beyond the city walls and the state walls you know, we have new opportunity to hire the best people and we're not going to have a choice because there isn't anybody to choose from locally, <laughs> right? We have a real problem on our hands and it's only going to get worse um, because people just aren't populating like they used to. Um, so I think in terms of, you know, like real challenges, I think we're going to have a human challenge. We're going to have a human resource challenge, you know, very quickly. Um, we already do have it, but it's going to get even worse. No offense. I'm not a doomsdayist. I'm actually been, you know, accused of being more Pollyanna than doomsday, but this is just a, the reality. Um, but I think, you know, other challenges too are um, associations just uh, evolving, you know, with at the same rate as what they really need to. So, you know, we've been able to launch virtual conferences and engage with, 
with our members that way, um, you know, create new content. Um, and I think the challenge there then is like, okay, what do we keep from pandemic and what do we toss, you know? And if we wanted to put on our entrepreneur hats for a second, Sherry, um, we immediately know as, as women who have started up businesses that it takes time for things to start up. It takes, you know, three to five years for you to even think about being in the black on a new product or service to determine whether or not it's going to work. So only one year's worth of virtual events is not really going to reveal the truth about whether this product or service will work. And so I think we need to, as associations, adopt some of this entrepreneurial mindset, which is something you guys preach all the time. And I love to listen to and read about um, the work that you guys are doing there at that is I think we really need to put on that entrepreneurial hat and say, you know what, like this worked a little bit this way, this worked a little bit that way. What do we keep? What do we adopt? And what do we say, you know what, thank God the pandemic's over. We can actually get rid of that now. So I think the challenge really comes in trying to maximize the resources that 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 we have. Terry, that is such a good point and even gives me some different perspective because I'm hearing it, right? I'm hearing it from organizations that they'll say, well, that virtual meeting didn't work or this didn't work or um, we don't have the staff resources. But to your point, like, as a business owner that, you know, especially a small business owner, we're very agile, right? Okay. That didn't work that way. Let's tweak it. Let's try it this way. Let's, let's do um, something better or newer or talk to our customers and see what they want. And we don't just say, okay, well that didn't work and throw it out and throw out the baby with the bathwater, right? Like we, yeah. put, we invested some of that personal, like, you know, um, touch with that, that we just got to kind of keep going. So that three to five years, I mean, that was a really good point. Cause like you said, I always have thought that way, but for associations or even our customers, it's hard to kind of always to have that kind of thinking, right? Like they're like, Oh, we just, the board doesn't want to do it anymore. Right. Yeah. So RGB once said so often in life, things that you regard as an impediment turn to into be a great fortune. And I think if we can look at the opportunities over the challenges, I think we'll be, we'll be on our way, right? Yeah. The other thing you, you touched on was about the workforce. And we're actually, I'll talk about it a, at the end, but um, have Solutions Day coming up for .org community. And we're going to talk a little bit about workforce. Um, but it, it reminded me, um, and I can't remember the podcast, maybe you remember Terry, but uh, Tom Morrison had a podcast, um, I don't know, about six weeks ago, maybe um, talking about workforce and how we don't have enough people to fill the jobs. It was very eye-opening. So um, if Tom Morrison, if anybody wants to kind of listen to that podcast, I know he has it on his website, but do you remember the name of the podcast, Terry? Or I think it's called... Um... <laughs> I'm getting it mixed up with another one called the association podcast. I think it's, it's called, is that, that it? One. Is that, no. it's not the association podcast. It's another one that's, as uh, it says, uh, he does it with Dave will. And yes. both of those guys are, are really funny and, and very dear friends of mine. So after I listen to a podcast, I can always like, just pick up the phone and sort of make fun of them. Um, like many people probably could probably do by listening to, to me today. But, um, but yeah, that, 
I mean, Tom is very knowledgeable. Um, we'll have to look that up and you can drop it in the, the, the show notes. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I was also doing a little bit of digging on some research, um, to, to prepare for this. And I found a stat that was like super overwhelming. Um, in 2023, $30 billion in revenue will be generated by products and services um, that did not even exist pre-COVID. And I think this kind of jumps into like some of the, the, like the next thing that you want to talk about, which is like the technologies and how they're changing and evolving um, for the future. But I thought that was astounding. And I think a lot of that to tie it, to put a bow on the workforce conversation, I think a lot of that is going to have to do with, we don't have the manpower to do it. So we've got to get smart technology in the seat to do it for us. Yeah. Yeah. So do you see that technology kind of changing how, I mean, obviously, you know, we talk about that we're going to need to do that. Do you know of associations or are you seeing how um, associations can, you know, change using technology? Yeah, I mean, so one of the trends I think that asso- associations should just get over the overly polished, you know, like everything has to be done like super white glove and like pristine and perfect, you know, what do they say? Um, you know, perfection gets in the way of progress, I think is the quote, Mm -hmm. you know, I think the technologies that are supporting associations on being authentic. Okay. So I think authenticity. So if we're talking specifically to your, your, say your, your clients or your customers and their leadership role at associations, you know, we kind of already said, okay, put your entrepreneurial hat on, but with that entrepreneurial hat on, you need to put a your, your authentic, authentic entrepreneurial hat on. And I think that associations, if we just start to embrace the kind of the reality of, of humanity um, and, and, and we are people that are behind the desks working and we are serving real people, I think the technology solutions that are helping associations embrace the authentic ways to do business are doing are, are going to be the ones that soar. Um, mash that up with the opportunity for them to generate revenue, and you kind of have this this golden ticket of technology, right? Um, I think the technologies that are, you know, relaying content or messaging in an automated yet very meaningful and authentic and and impactful way. Um, that also can figure out a way to generate revenue are just gonna like, you know, rocket ship. So, and I, and I think associations are, are dipping their toe. I mean, if we think of the tools like gather voices, you know, and prop fuel, the voice of the member, um, association TV, even, I think they're one of, one of the dot, uh, dot org community sponsors, um, you know, they've gotten it for a long, a long time. They've gotten it for a lot of years where they're supporting, um, you know, the, the real deal, right. You know, um, and I think associations that can figure out a way to be truly authentic in front of their members, in front of their industries, 
uh, and, and mash that up with the tools that support that are going to just kick butt. Right. Yeah. That's great. It's great thoughts, Terry. So I'm really excited that you're going to be coming to Schaumburg, Illinois to speak at our Woo-hoo. solutions day on uh, November 10th. Yay. I get to see yes. you in person. Yay. <laughs> I know. Well, can we can hug it out for real. Yay. I can't wait. Um, <laughs> so Terry, tell us a little bit about your presentation and what people can expect if they come and join us. Yeah, sure. So what we didn't really dig into a lot here, but you heard me allude to it is the non-Jews revenue conversation. Um, I love talking about how associations can generate more revenue to help those bottom lines, to supplement some of the loss that's probably happened over the last uh, two years now. And uh, I'm going to be talking about five ideas. And if I can squeeze in a bonus idea, I will. (laughs) But it's going to be five brand new ideas that you probably have never even heard of. Um, Not your grandma's non-dues revenue um, that we'll be talking about. And we'll actually be talking about the individual uh, ideas and then associations that have been brave enough to try these ideas. So I'll be presenting the case studies and then we'll um, actually engage the audience and we'll ask like, what do you think the level of effort to get a program like this off the ground will be? And so I'm really, really looking forward to being with um, the crowd um, on November 10th. That's awesome. So before you wrap up, Terry, any final thoughts for today that you wanna share? Um, maybe I'll just leave you with one of my favorite quotes uh, from Steve Jobs. Uh, he once said, the ones who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones who do. That's great. <laughs> well, I appreciate, really appreciate your time today. This has been great. I cannot wait to see you. And for those of you that are listening in, and if you haven't registered yet for Dotor Community Solutions Day, you can go to or community.com slash solutions day and uh, join myself and Terry and a whole bunch of other uh, experts in the industry. And um, we can all learn from each other. So we hope to see you there. And hug it out, right? And hug it out. We can make a group hug, okay? (laughs) That'd be awesome. Thanks, Terry. Thanks, Terry. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed this episode and discovered tips and information that will add value to your leadership style and your association. .org Source specializes in positioning teams for success with solutions for technology, strategy, and marketing. Please contact us at info at orgsource.com or visit www.orgsource.com to find out how to keep your organization on track to Association 4.0.